Hello, beautiful women. You are listening to the Feminine Way podcast by none other than me, Kelly Jade. The Feminine Way is here to guide you on your heart's path and to activate you into true queenship in all areas of your life. The Feminine Way is for the women that know deep in their heart that they are here with a big mission, where they can weave their unique gifts into existence with great depth and devotion while honoring their true self. It is for the women that are deeply craving to know who they are with absolute cellular certainty and authority while building a world-class inner world. In each episode, I will bring your guest or a transmission that will help you step into the work and gifts you are here to bring to the world. My hope is that these conversations spark something in you that lights a fire for you to rise up into your true capacity as a woman and leader. I will often share my mindset practices as tools for your liberation and as an access point to illuminate your brilliance. It's time to honor your unique magic, the gifts placed in your heart and be free to lead in all your power, grace and glory. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Feminine Way podcast. I'm your host Kelly and today I have a very special guest for you. We have Gemma Bernard on this episode and Gemma is a somatic success coach and founder of the Body-Led Business Method. Gemma supports high-receiving women to be able to expand their capacity to hold all the pleasure of their success and life. And this interview with Gemma, we are going to be talking about high-receiving women being able to hold all of their success. We're going to be talking about the nervous system, how it's such a big focus for women that have big missions and what are some of the things that we need to look at for women when we're building our businesses and how we can bring in this understanding of body-led business and how much of an impact it can make for you and your business, but also just being able to expand your capacity for everything, not just business, but for everything in life. We speak about motherhood. It's a really beautiful conversation where we dive into everything around body-led business. And Gemma shares so much wisdom in this episode. So grab a pen, grab a coffee, your beverage of choice, and enjoy. Hi, Gemma. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to have you on today. And I know we've just been having a bit of a chat, but um, it's been really good to be able to get you on to the feminine way and to be able to hear about your story and your success in body-led business. So Mm -hmm. Please, I'd love for you to tell tell the listeners of the Feminine Way a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today and, and what lights you up with your work. Yeah. Oh, so many juicy things to talk about <laughs> already straight off the bat. I love how we just like dive straight into it. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to the concept of body-led business and the methods that I'm creating to be able to support you know, the women that I work with who are really very ambitious, mission-driven women who really are here to do big things in the world. You know, so much of this is intertwined into my story and why I do what I do because that really is me and that's really what my mission has always been about. But I found myself, I mean, I've been in business for 16 years. So, you know, I've been around for a while. I've had many different iterations of many different businesses. I've had bricks and mortar business. Um, and obviously transitioned to online. I transitioned to online about five years ago. And when I made that transition and and came into this type of coaching, because I've been coaching in different capacities for that 16 years, I really brought this next level of ambition because I think for me anyway, 
once like I made this transition, it's like the world just opened up. Like the world really did become my oyster. It's like, oh my God, there's so much opportunity. And all of a sudden I was surrounded by these women who were just doing incredible things and achieving the most mind-blowing milestones in business. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. Like I want to be a part of that. It really spoke to that. It really spoke to that part of me that's always been that way. You know, that part of me that's always been an overachiever. And I love that part of me, to be honest with you. Like I've gone through an interesting transition where I think I've tried to dull that part of myself recently too, which is an interesting one to talk about, I think, in the context of things like burnout and recovering from that. But I really tried, I really thought dimming and dulling that that overachiever in me was really the way forward. Um, but I, that's another conversation. We can certainly dive into that. But what happened was I built this incredible online business that grew really quickly. Um, I had, you know, really big lofty goals and dreams and was able to achieve them in a really short space of time. I scaled my business to multiple six figures in two years Um, and, you know, really was just like ticking all of these boxes, kicking all of these goals, achieving all of these incredible things. Mm -hmm. And it was in November of 2020, which was at the kind of the end of my second year of this online business where I just was closing out, you know, a multiple um, six-figure year and it was amazing. But yeah, I just, there was something inside of me that was like, something doesn't feel right. Like I was like, I just turned to my husband because we were, we were coming home from celebrating his, his birthday together. We'd had a, a weekend away together. And I think it was in that pause, that moment of just slowing down. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can keep this pace up. I don't know if I can keep this pace up. So I think one of the things with overachievers, like, you know, one of the mistakes we make is we overcommit. <laughs> like in that quest to like achieve more and more, we we find it hard and we we overcommit a lot. And I'd really overcommitted myself. And I'd probably been doing that for more than just the two years of my online business. I think I had been doing that for, you know, the best part of 12 years of business at that point. Nice. And I just thought, I turned to my husband and just said, I'm just going to take a break. I just need to really take my foot off the accelerator. It was November. I'm just going to take some time off until Christmas. We'll go Christmas, we'll go away, come back in the new year and I'll be raring to go again. That was what I what I thought. And it was when I took my foot off the accelerator, like I really put my foot on the brake at that point because everything kind of caught up with me and I realised I'm exhausted. I'm like, I'm exhausted. This is, this, I was in what I call high-functioning burnout. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, particularly women like me who are, Again, overachievers, we overcommit. We're really big action takers. Like we take action, we move. Um, what happens is we a lot of the time we end up in high functioning burnout because a lot of times there's other people burnout is just like we just stop people just literally collapse physically. They've got no energy. But then there's a, a group of women, a very large proportion of women who are in functional burnout where we're exhausted but we push through. Yeah, okay. which is a stress re- which is a stress response. It's it's one of the natural stress responses we have is we just keep fighting, right? That's what it is. We're going to fight though. We just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And so I'd been in functional burnout for a long time, like a very long time, decades probably. But it's just not something people talk about. Like it's just not conversations that are readily had around the dinner table or when you're out with your girlfriends having cocktails. It's like, oh, I'm tired. It's like, oh, go and get your nails done. I'm tired or you just need more sleep, uh, you know. But I think this is one of the things, like, um, you know, I was, I'm a mum, you know, my husband and I together have got five children. You know, at that point in my business in 2020, our youngest, which were twins, um, which is a whole other kettle of fish altogether, mm. were only really young as well. Like they were only three and a half <clears throat> at that point. So, and I'd been in severe sleep deprivation with them for a number of years too. So, I was just really tired. So at that point I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to rest. I need some time. But what I realized was at that point that it was, it really wasn't just, let me take my foot off the accelerator and rest. Uh, what really happened was I was like, I, I can't keep going at this pace anymore. If I'm going to come back into business, which is what I, I can't not be in business. It's in, for me, it's in my DNA. It's literally in my DNA. There's nothing else that I would rather do. Um, I love the women that I have the privilege of of working with and walking with every single day to support them. It's just, yeah, it gives me chills. I couldn't not do this. It's no matter what. But I, I knew that I couldn't go back to doing it the way that I had been doing it. And so to be honest with you, even these last three years has just been this very deep healing. So there's been a lot of nervous system work, like really 
learning how to just support my body. And I don't mean just in terms of, um, you know, eating well and exercise. I'm a personal trainer. That was like my background. I know how to eat well and I know how to exercise. You know, I'm talking about really supporting at the deeper levels our ability to be able to hold life, like hold all of life, hold the good and the bad, hold the stress, the distress and the eustress, which is the positive and the negative stress, to be able to really hold more of it. I wanted my body to feel really deeply supported, not just when it was resting, okay, because I think that's a really big piece. Again, like I work with so many women who are overachievers and they don't want to not achieve, like, they don't want to they don't want to do nothing like these are women that have things to do in the world but they don't want to feel just nourished when they're resting you know it's like oh well i've got to wait until i can put my feet up to feel good it's like how can i actually support my body support my nervous system to actually be feeling really expansive and be able to hold and handle all of this when i am striving when i am achieving when i am out there doing all of these things mm-hmm. and so my journey over the last three years has really been about experimenting with that learning more and more about the nervous system understanding our our bodies and how our bodies really are a barometer for our soul but also a barometer for our business um, a barometer f- yeah I love they really that. are yeah yeah well our bodies will tell us they will give us signals and signs that oh, we're, we're learning to come into deep communication with our bodies and learning what our bodies sensations are uh, communicating to us is, is really incredibly powerful and I think when a lot of women talk about using their intuition in business this is a really this is a really core cool part of it this is a really core cool piece of the puzzle um, you know I, I used to really do a lot of work around intuition through the mental construct of it like oh, what are the messages that I'm hearing but I do a lot of work with human design and gene keys. And one of the things with human design is we talk about the decision-making centers and not up in the head. The decision-making centers for every single energy type, every single style of authority um, and decision-making is always in the body. And so we have to learn how to come into deep relationship with our bodies. And in doing that, learn to really start to understand what the signals are that our bodies are sending us Mm -hmm. and be able to translate those and also let them guide us to, to to taking the steps that we to take. And body-led business is so much about that. It really is about letting your body lead you. It's about letting your body lead you in the direction that you're heading because success to me isn't just the destination, it's the journey. It's the experience that we have while we're on that. And I had been very much in that space, again, as a classic overachiever, that it was just like when I get to this place, then it will feel good. It's all about the goal. It's all about celebrating in that moment. And so a lot of my journey has really been about coming back to the celebration and the joy that exists in the journey of traveling to where we're going. And that's an experiential thing. And an experiential experience is a body-based sensation. It's how we feel. It's how we sense. It's how we perceive. It's how we move through that. And so it is a very unique way of doing business it really asks for us to come out of our minds it asks for us to switch up a bit of role reversal it's you know because we let our minds lead so much of the way but it's about getting our mind now to be in servitude to our heart and our body letting our heart and our body lead and our mind is there to support whatever our heart and our body actually leads us towards so that takes a lot of healing it takes a lot of us coming back into and, and learning how to come into a relationship with our body, learning how to accept it in both physical form and energetic experience too. Mm-hmm. And that's a big journey for a lot of women. Uh, and it certainly has been myself because we have to come to this space of peace and we have to release a lot of the conditioning, um, both individual, you know, ex- our own personal experience, but also a lot of collective conditioning as well for women who've really been told and we've learned that our bodies really um aren't our friends that they're a lot of the time we've been taught that our bodies are our enemies not just in terms of sometimes how they look like we've certainly been taught that but also in how they actually support us so it's really a very different way of doing business um Mm -hmm. but it's really founded in the core principles of the nervous system work the subconscious work and really being able to start to create a business that really does support us as opposed to us always having to support our business yeah and I I just have to 
touch on this. I didn't know you had five children. You're superwoman. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. Together we have. I know our eldest is 18 oh, and then we've got our youngest is seven and a half. So, okay. yeah, there's a lot. So we've got a busy household. We've got a busy household. Yeah. So you're, and I know being a mother myself, having two girls, I've got six-year-old and a two-year-old. Yeah. Motherhood in itself is um you really need to learn how to manage your nervous system as a mother and then you've got this (laughs) on top of that and it's you know a lot of my listeners um you know I've got a lot of mothers listening as well and they um have a lot of conversations around you know juggling motherhood and business but in the sense of burnout and you mentioning um you know it is it is a really not popular but it it happens a lot. Women get burnt out when you're passionate. You just want to keep going. You want to reach to that next milestone. And it doesn't help that I think in the internet world where so many people are pushing, you know, to get to the next six figures and you've got all of these money milestones, I think really tend to push a lot of women outside of their true self into a way of being that is not who they are in their body. So they're trying to do all of these things that are not aligned to them, which is then causing burnout and causing um, dysregulation. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I think, first of all, I completely agree with you. You know, and it's it's an interesting one to kind of come to a sense of harmony within ourselves about as well because, I think there's there's some beauty in the ambition that we have, not just because of the destination that we want to arrive at, but because of who we become on the way to that. So I think there's aspects of that that can be really healthy that we've got to look at. But this piece of how, I think this is the part, is that everyone's always looking for how do I get there? And that's where things really start to come undone because a lot of the time we do end up taking on other people's strategies, other people's desires, other people's ambitions, other people's paths. And when we do, when we are in a state of disconnection, because to be honest with you in the, so if I was to look at burnout, you know, burnout's not just a simple, like, this is how it is. And here's the formula and here's the diagnostics and this is it, you know, there's levels and layers to it as well. And one of the things that is really very evident that kind of happens before people really lead into burnout is actually disconnection. So there's actually a sense of becoming disconnected from our bodies, disconnected from ourselves, and that's because we're so plugged in everywhere else, right? We're so plugged into everyone else and to everything else. So it makes a lot of sense when we're so connected outside of ourselves that we become less connected to ourselves. So it's an interesting one to play with because I think what can happen, burnout's talked about a lot at the moment it's it's a very very popular subject for a lot of people to be talking about and I understand because we've been through a lot I think over the last couple of years and I think what COVID really did that period was it caused everyone to slow down mm-hmm. and it's not until we experience the kind of opposing experience of the go 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 that we're at that we go well hang on a second there's a different way of living and being this feels really different and everything kind of catches up to us and so we become very aware of that Yes. Um, so it's kind of exposed us to this different thing. But what happens is now we get really fearful. Mm-hmm. What happens is now we're really fearful to going back because we don't want to go back to living in that different way. We're not going to, we don't want to experience burnout again or people are going to want to get burnt out. Like I hear that a lot from people. Like I don't want to get burnt out. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that burnout, first of all, you know, one of the things is it's really about coming back into connection with self. And the other thing as well is understanding that burnout is something that can be experienced not just on a physical level. You know, a lot of people think of burnout and think about exhaustion, physical tiredness and fatigue. And whilst that's absolutely a component of it, there's also mental burnout. There's also emotional burnout. There's energetic burnout. And so a lot of the times what we've got to look at is not just the the physical strategies aren't necessarily always, air quote, the problem. It's also our perception of them it's also the pressure that we're putting on ourselves um it's also our emotional attachment to things working out a particular way there's so many factors that go into it so you know it's it's one of these things that's an interesting one for a lot of us to kind of navigate going forward is to understand that it's not always doing or taking a particular action or a strategy that's actually causing the burnout I'm going to tell you 
my experience, both personal and professional, is that a lot of the time it's actually not the strategy at all. Uh, it's got a lot to do with that disconnection. It's got a lot to do with emotional and mental attachments. We become very attached to results, things having to work out. We, we struggle to be able to release and process emotions in a healthy way. Um, and also we haven't sort of expanded our capacities. And that's a really big conversation that a lot of people aren't talking about is that the antidote for burnout initially the, the the knee-jerk reaction is do less okay and that's what people think so it's easy to think well then when I'm going back into my, I've got to be careful what strategies I don't want to take on too much mm. um you know it's very easy to think that that that's really it but mm. you know a lot of the time what we want to really work on is our ability to really be able to hold more yes okay and that also means holding more stress okay um, and that's a piece of the conversation that I think is really important to be having in, in the burnout aspect where a lot of women are like, my God, I'm juggling children and I've got a business and I've got a partner and I've got friendships and I'm a daughter and a sister and a, I've got all of these things. And so it's very easy to want to shut down mm -hmm. and it's very easy to go, I'm just going to do less. And whilst absolutely there is a very important conversation to be having around that, okay, there's, it, it's just multifaceted. And what's important is understanding what stages of burnout you're in. And, you know, so if it is very physical burnout and your body is giving you very clear signals, so it might be that you're having unexpected illnesses or frequent illnesses, or it could be that you're getting, you know, aches and pains in your body that really make no sense, you know, injuries and things like that, then obviously you've got to look at those aspects on a physical level. You know, I've clients that have got thyroid issues, okay, um, you know, and, and a multitude of other things that might be going on, you know, other autoimmune diseases are all, you know, very connected in with stress. So yes, there's aspects of that that have to be healed and looked at on a physical level without a doubt. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we've really got to look at is also our capacity to be able to literally, you know, in some respects, withstand all that life has for us because otherwise what happens is we do shut down and we do stop expanding and taking on more and more and that really grates up against a lot of, like we're going to assume that a lot of the people listening are probably similar to me there is that achieve like we are overachievers you know and you can see what I'm saying like a lot of the time we go well I'm going to pull back on my achievement so now instead of having this goal or this desire I'm actually going to sacrifice and compromise on that but what they're really saying in that instance is I don't have the capacity to be able to hold and handle not just the physical things that I've got to do, but also all of the emotional aspects that come with that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really the piece that's important is, is that expansion of capacity on a mental level, on an emotional level, on an energetic level, and also on a physical level. It's, it's got to be looked at on all of those levels. Because, um, again, burnout, people automatically, it's a stress response. So the automatic reaction is reduce stress. But what we get to do is actually, and like reduce the load on the system, but we actually can, we actually have it within our nervous system to be actually able to expand our capacity to be able to handle that load before that load triggers us into a stress response. Mm -hmm. And that's the important piece to understand about the nervous system. It's like a muscle. We can work it, okay, we work it, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and it expands and it can handle more before it is actually triggered, before things like, you know, it's like, you know, when you've got kids, we get this, right, you know, you're in a situation and, you know, the kid's getting cranky or having tantrums or things like that. Yeah. You know, if that, you know, people are like, well, I've got to stop the tantrum, right? I've got to stop the tantrum. That's the, the, the knee-jerk reaction is stop the stress stimulants, the thing that's stimulating the stress. But it's like, well, what if you actually expand your capacity to be able to actually be in the experience of that child having the tantrum, having the scream, whatever it is, without it triggering a stress response in you? And that's what happens when we expand our nervous system's capacity is all of a sudden that child screaming doesn't cause us to go into a stress response. And we can do the same in our business too, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, when we're, whatever the stress response might be, it's like putting out a piece of content that might be 
like you know on social media that might be really bold and or saying the thing right that we're and it, we have all these perceptions and fears and projections that it's going to be like really uncomfortable and that's going to cause stress but if we're not having that fear and that projection and that's not triggering a stress response in us then we can actually do more of those things without it actually affecting our nervous system the way it does so there's a big conversation around capacity that is really really important to be having as well no, it's so important and and I really want to have that conversation now because I think the the whole the whole thing of the feminine way and um feminine business but it's we we need to lead ourselves we need to be able to manage everything that's happening but like you said it doesn't mean that we can't automatically set our vision or our mission higher or bigger it's about being able to hold that and having the resources and for me I'm a big believer in having the support in in order to be able to do do the things that I need to do and I homeschool my daughter as well so I'm yep I'm a big believer in that the, the capacity so it's um I think if we're if we're having this conversation and, and someone's coming in and listening and seeing, okay, what does it mean for me to expand my capacity? Like, what is one thing that I can start doing? I've never heard of this concept, or they have heard of this concept, but they're not sure about what it is they need to do. What are some things that, um, in terms of like emotional capacity, because we've just spoken yeah. about okay, this. yeah. I'm gonna, I wanna keep this really simple. I think one of the first things that's so important is that we as humans have created hierarchy when it comes to emotions and stress. And we've created labels. And so the first thing I would say to anyone is just even to understand this concept will help immensely. You know, we're the ones that have labeled sadness, sadness, anger, anger, happiness, happiness, joy, joy. And we're also the ones that have said happiness and joy are good sadness and anger are bad okay and so because when we're talking about actually expanding our capacity it's actually about being able to experience moments that trigger sadness and anger and moments that trigger happiness and joy and being able to actually healthily emotionally process those in the moment without it like holding getting stuck in our system and us you know fearing you know that we're going to get stuck being angry all the time and i can't say that thing so like no matter where you're on the journey the one thing i want to say to you is stop labeling stress as good stress and bad because there it's dis we label it in the nervous system or distress and new stress mm -hmm. okay so positive experiences are still stress on the system it still agitates and creates a triggering response in the nervous system it's just it agitates and triggers us into a positive experience mm -hmm. as opposed to you know kids yelling or you know, you do something, doing something in your business and it doesn't go the way you want or having an uncomfortable conversation where someone gets angry, that triggers this into distress, which is, air quote, a negative stressful experience. But again, it's just agitation of the system. That's all it is. It's creating a level of arousal in our system. Okay. So, like, when we're talking about capacity, all we're really doing is really working on our ability to be able to hold that. And the easiest way to do that, honestly, is to stop labelling this good or bad, right or wrong high or low okay at its simplest form that is the biggest thing i will say because the moment we we stop seeing that situation as a bad situation our mind automatically starts to work it filters everything out recalls all the memories that trigger that and it's like well, we're not going to go anywhere near that we're not going to do that thing say that thing create that thing launch that thing whatever that is because that's going to be a bad experience but yeah. if we start to neutralize that through just minimizing our our labels and changing our relationship to stress then all of a sudden our nervous system stops responding in that highly agitated way and automatically we start expanding our capacity just by proxy just by proxy okay like as simple as that look there are practices that we can do because i'm very big like really what i am is a somatic success coach and somatics is just body it's just getting into the body okay that's all it is and so a lot of that is mental but there's also just the ability to like learn how to feel and learn how to be in touch with our sensations so mm -hmm. the next thing that i would say is like just like acknowledge and acknowledge the experience like I am feeling stressed. 
I am feeling angry. It's simple as that. And because one of the things that's important with that and why that is really so crucial in this process of expanding capacity is because we're all, here's the thing, we're on autopilot 90% of the time anyway. It's how we operate things. So we want to bring these things up to awareness. The thing is, is that on that autopilot, that program, that auto programming that's running, we're already judging those emotions. So we're not just going, I'm sad. We're going, I'm sad and that's bad. Okay. Or I'm happy and that's good. So when we start to bring it just into a conscious process, mm-hmm. we can also bring the conscious judge. We can also make the judgments conscious with that as well, but we want to stop that. And so it's just like, I'm sad right now. Boom. That's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I teach my clients processes. You know, I've got something that I call the alchemy method, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a process I use and it's an acronym, which is the acronym CALM, C-A-L-M. And the first step in that is connect. It's connect literally connect because remember I said to you burnout what happens before people get into burnout it's disconnection so what's the antidote to that it's connection that's all it is it's really it's so simple like I don't one of the things that I you know found so challenging for so many years was how complex things were made like everything's complex brain's complex the subconscious is complex oh the nervous system's really complex I'm like why does it have to be complex because when we tell ourselves it's complex, all of a sudden we immediately put that label of hard on something. And the moment something comes hard, we are immediately averse to it because the brain is wired, body is wired to move us away from anything that is challenging, anything that is painful, okay? So if something's hard, it's immediately painful. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's just make this simple. Like, it's so simple. Being mm-hmm. able to expand your capacity is really, really simple. It's just showing up and doing the work that, you know, people find the challenge. Um, because we're wired to stay the same and not change. That's just human behaviour. Yeah. Um, but keep the, the nervous system to me, it's simple. It's so incredibly simple. So I would just say to you, just connect first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And if that looks like you putting a little timer or an alarm on your phone three times a day, goes up morning, lunch, night, and you just go, okay, how am I feeling right now? Okay, I am sad. Or even... You know, one of the things, and make sure you're keeping it to one word. Because if we're going, I am feeling like this person isn't going to do this thing, and that makes me like we're not we're not in our sensations and our body. Okay, we're in stories, and that's a completely different conversation. So, you know, keep things to that. And even like when I do this work with my clients, because I do a lot of somatic work, I do a lot of subconscious somatic work as well. Is what I love to do is even underneath that sadness or that anger is just tap into the pure sensation. Yeah. Okay, because remember, we labelled it sad. We labelled it angry. The body doesn't. The body's just going, this is electrical currents moving through my system right now. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. all it is. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's electrical currents. It's a chemical formula that is moving through my body right now. So sometimes it's good to just be in the sensation too. I'm feeling heaviness in my shoulders. I'm feeling tension in my neck. My jaw is tight. Sometimes that can be just really powerful too because all of a sudden we stop with the labelling which stops us from the hierarchy, which starts to reduce the stress load on the system automatically, just automatically reduces the stress load on the system. When mm-hmm. we move out of the judgment, we move out of that additional level level of stress that we put onto the system. We just keep things really, really simple and go, okay, I'm having this sensation right now. Yeah. Um, because so much of the nervous system is about not fearing the sensations of your body. When we stop fearing them, then we can hold more of them. See where I'm going with the capacity thing, and that's what capacity is all about. Yeah, and it's everything that you've just spoken about is it's so important in business. It's not spoken about enough. That's why I think everybody needs a Gemma in their life. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes, everyone does need a Gemma. (laughs) Because you, I think in business we focus on all of the the business things that it's like hang on but what's our body telling us like what's you know what's our intuition telling us what's our heart telling us what's our brain telling us and when when you're talking about the words and the labels it made me think about when we're younger and we go through school or university or whatever path we decide to take a lot of those things are labelled back then and then we take on that conditioning, which then kind of goes with us through totally. life. So there's a lot of reframing in this, isn't there? There's a lot of yes. looking at mm-hmm. what have we taken on 
that's not actually true for us and how can we then change the language we're using Mm -hmm. in our business but in our life to be able to support this capacity because yeah absolutely yeah look we have we're meaning making machines okay so it's something we actually can't switch off so even though I'm telling you to drop the labels I'm actually I'm sneakily like we're still we're still labeling it we're just neutralizing the labels that's all we're doing because we are meaning making machines so instead of we're going I'm sad that's bad it's like well I'm sad and that's okay it's still a label we all have conditioning we all it's it's life okay conditioning is is we need it for evolution and growth it is the experience we have. But yes, at some point, and business is an incredible initiation into this, right? At some point, we have to start questioning the conditioning. At some point, we have to look at, if I'm not showing up in my business and, and either creating what I want to create or doing the things I want to do, mm-hmm. we've got to go in and look at that. We're, we've got to we get this beautiful opportunity. I shouldn't say we have to go in and look at it. I actually think we get this beautiful opportunity for evolution and growth that just lives there for us to go, okay, all right, I'm a meaning-making machine. I at some point made a meaning out of this situation or something similar to this in my past, and I get to choose now differently. I, I, I'm not that, not that seven-year-old that was in primary school that had the teacher call out her name and who didn't know the answer and got laughed at by all friends that's not me anymore okay yes i picked up a narrative and a story around that but that's not me okay what is me well what about that seven-year-old that also had the confidence to to raise a hand and do this like let's also connect in with those things that serve us that support us and that suit us and use those narratives and that conditioning to help us move us to move forward but we get to rewrite this, we get to choose this, we get to to create whatever really works for us and we're doing it nonstop anyway. So I'm really big on just making that conscious, that process conscious and doing that. But we have picked up billions of narratives, let's be honest. We really have. It's just that most of them operate subconsciously, but we've picked up billions of narratives and the question really is, is if that doesn't suit you and doesn't serve you, it's going to be reducing your capacity. It really is because it's going to make you not want to either do something or have something. Mm-hmm. And I work with um, clients all the time around this, around capacity and around helping women to be able to do that because this is the thing with life and with business. It's this stress. We're, we're, it's constant stress because remember I said is it you stress or distress like it's constant it really is that's just what business is and that's okay that's okay like it's okay and this is the piece that I'm really passionate about is because everyone sells ease and joy and pleasure and seriously I'm here for all of that I'm here yeah. for all of that that is that is that is part of this journey but also it's the law of polarity where there is ease there's going to be struggle yeah. okay where there's joy, there's going to be sadness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where there's happiness, there's probably going to be some anger. Like it's it's all going to be there. And we're going to experience all of that in business. And it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean you're not cut out for business. It doesn't mean you're making mistakes. This is the world of business. Yeah. This is the world of being a mum. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the world of being in relationship. This is the price we pay for living. Yeah. Is that we are going to experience all of it. And the more living and creating and ambition and desire we have, the more we are exposing ourselves. And that's what this capacity conversation is about. Mm-hmm. As you go, here I am, here's what I want to create. The thing you want to create is outside of your zone of capacity right now. And the all you've got to do is expand your zone of capacity. And that means being open to all that that desire will bring, mm-hmm. both the good, because we also need to be able to expand our capacity to hold new stress, not just the bad stuff like we have a capacity we literally have a threshold we all have a threshold it's a safety threshold every human being has it and we have to expand our our thresholds capacity to experience both the good and also the bad again they're labels but I use them because we understand it yeah Um, do you know you, you touched on something I just want to discuss briefly and how there's a lot of, especially in the feminine business space, there's a lot of conversations around the joy and 
um, the, the flow and everything's easy when that's not what it's all about. <laughs> and yeah, it's, obviously it is, but it's not, as you mentioned, right? You still need the strategy. You still need structure. You still need all of that. And you need the component that we're talking about right now around expanding your capacity to receive all of it because it's like a puzzle. Everything slots in together. Completely. It's not spoken about enough. Um, and that's why I was so excited to have you on today because I know this is a missing piece of the puzzle that is is not spoken about enough. And I wanted to bring awareness that if we're doing, we're working too much in our feminine, the joy, yeah, we can do all that in the flow. Yes, we need the strategy and the structure, we need the strategy, but we also need this energetic component and somatic component of being able to hold, receive it and holding it because you can receive it. And there's so many people doing that really well, but holding it is another conversation. That's, that's, oh yeah. yeah it's a completely different conversation and look that's what happened to me back in 2020 that's yeah. literally what happened okay is yeah. that I was receiving like I was receiving like it was incredible but I couldn't hold it and it wasn't just this is the thing it's it's all of it I couldn't I couldn't actually handle how good it got as well not just the stress and the pressure of like having to hold more clients and more logistics in my business and more team and all those things. I also couldn't handle how good it got because again, I want you know like we use the term the word the term stress is thrown around and immediately people go stress that's bad but you've got to understand that there are varying forms of stress. So in that experience for me in 2000, 2019, 2020 when my business just catapulted, it wasn't just that things were. I was in distress, that was part of it, but there was also this incredible experience of eustress. The joy of this, the freedom, you know, all of those things that came with all of that were really uncomfortable to my system. And my I didn't have, the my threshold was stretched, okay, and it popped. Mm. That's what happened. And like, uh, I'm, look, I'm, it's so, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I've been sitting on something that I know I want to launch an offering that I'm going to put out to the world. And this is exactly this, and it's all about capacity because we talk so much. We, we talk so much about the receiving part. It's so much focus. Like even in business, mm -hmm. the focus is so much on sales, you know, and that's an important part of it. But even in business, we don't talk about, like there's no programs out there that are, that are sold or that are talk about retention. Okay, that talk about actually being able to hold and service. Like that's that's another aspect. Like that's the strategic aspect of capacity. The energetic aspect of capacity is the receiving and actually the capacity to hold this, mm -hmm. to handle this. And there's so many ways that when we start receiving, we start to, you know, we call it self-sabotage, right? We get it's really protection. The nervous system will just go into a stress response. Okay, a negative stress. It's like I can't handle this. I can't hold all of this. It's too much. It's too much change because that's all this is. All we're talking about is too much change to the system. And if we don't support our systems, our our body, our nervous system, mm -hmm. and our subconscious to be able to handle how far we've changed our circumstances, then we do run the risk of reverting straight back to where we were because it's familiar. You just have to understand. It's just. Again, the mind and the nervous system are so, so simple. Yeah. It needs to keep you in familiar territory. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And so if we move so far out of the familiar to what is unfamiliar and we don't support ourselves on an energetic level, then what will happen is that we will, the capacity to hold that just becomes too much, too much change. It's like, you know, if you, you know, you know, one moment you are sitting here in, Actually, let me use an example because one of the best examples of this has been so much research done to um, lottery around lottery winners. So I think particularly over in the UK, I think a lot of the research has been done as well. And they found the most phenomenal percentage of people that win the lotto actually end up exactly back where they were financially before because they can't. It's too it's too much stress, yeah. eustress and distress to the system. It's too much and they can't handle it. So they spend it, they give it away, they make their decisions, they do all the things because 
their physical circumstances change so much and they move so much out of what is familiar that the brain and the nervous system go, this is a threat to your survival. So we're going to, let me give you this idea to go and spend it on this. Okay. Let me give you this situation where you're going to give this money away. And they end up back in these situations. And a lot of the time they say, you know what? I wasn't happy when I had all the money. And what they're really saying was I didn't know how to be able to hold this. I didn't have the capacity to be able to handle this change. And this is the piece that's really, really important. We focus so much on the front end of growing but we don't focus on the holding. And that's a really important piece of the puzzle. And that's what capacity is all about. So important. And I know I could speak about this with you all day because I think it's a conversation that has to be had. But I know people are probably thinking, okay, where can I find Gemma? Where can I learn more about this? Um, How can I connect with you? Can you share about how the listeners can come and find you and potentially work with you? Yeah, absolutely. Look, social media is the best place to find me. And if you just come to my personal profile, I do a lot of like teaching and sharing on my actual personal profile in Facebook. And then you can come and join my Facebook group, which is Body Led Business Secrets. And I've also got a podcast, The Success Revolution. So they're really the key places to come and connect. Um, and I'm always talking about these things either on my podcast, in my Facebook group, on my social media. And then there's always opportunities to come deeper into this work. As I said, like I'm, I am a in human design. I don't know if you are familiar with human design or whether your listeners and are. Gene keys, which I feel like we could have had a whole conversation because. Oh yeah, we could have had a complete conversation around that. Um, but I'm a I'm a sacral generator in human design, so I'm designed to respond. And I have been getting so many signs from the universe about <laughs> talking talking about this capacity piece and actually putting out an offering around this so i i'm going to take this as i think this is my third sign in about three days so i'm going to take this as a sign to put together this offering that is bubbling away inside of me to actually have this conversation around capacity um so come onto my socials and i'm sure you will find some mention of it somewhere um where you'll be able to kind of go deeper into that that next level of work to talk about this because it's it is such a crucial piece because you can you know one of the things that will either stop you from being able to maintain the success you create or to be honest with you actually stop you from actually creating because I see it happen on both levels with women it's around capacity so people either don't have the capacity to take on more which is stops people from growing straight away and creating what they want or they just don't have the capacity to hold the more that they've actually created and so they start to start to track back but what we've got to be able to do is grow adjust what I call it's like calibrate to this new capacity and then we grow again and then we calibrate we grow again and we calibrate and we do that that's when we actually see people consistently grow as opposed to what is very common which is the leap and retreat pattern that we see for a lot of women in business they leap forward they retreat back like they're two steps forward one step back or it could be one step forward two steps back depending on how it is but that is a capacity thing that is a capacity issue every single day of the week that is, isn't it? Gosh, it's such a such an important element that we've spoken that you've spoken about and in such detail. Thank you. And it's it's interesting. I'll just mention this on human design before we wrap up. But I'm an emotional director. Mm. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Learning about that and understanding. I mean, understanding more about um, my design has really helped me in my business and mm-hmm, and I think it's I mean I'm, I'm glad we spoke about it because you can go off and create now <laughs> responding to this need that people have yes but it, it's just it is a really um key part of and I mean it's a key part but I think people kind of get their design and go okay this is me and I have to be working these parameters but it's a guide <laughs> so, isn't it? I know it becomes an eye for a lot of people and I think it's a rite of passage with human design and with any of these things that we go through the box stage right where we we put ourselves into the box and then we go hang on a second I went to this system to get myself out of the box and now I'm just put myself into another box and so then we start you know what I mean but I I say to people it's a rite of passage Mm. it's really a rite of passage to go through that and it's not something to shy away from when you go into human design all of a sudden you're like I've got to conform to exactly this is how it is which is why all of this stuff is, I try some of my clients treat these things as an experiment, play with this part, 
play with what feels good, play with what feels right, play with all of these pieces and learn how to kind of make it suit yourself. But that takes time and practice. And that takes the making the mistakes of putting yourself into the box <laughs> and then going, hmm, this box doesn't feel so good. So do I want to step out or do I need to change the walls of the box or the roof or like we get to play with all of that. But it is incredibly enlightening. And so that emotional piece for you will make a lot of sense because I, I find with all of my clients that have emotional definition and emotional authorities that the emotional piece is so incredibly important. And depending on what your conditioning and your upbringing has been, been like around the emotions, most of the time I find my clients with emotional authorities have not always had their emotions understood, accepted and embraced as they were kids. So that is a generalisation, but I find it is true more often than not. And so, you know, when emotions are your superpower because that's what they are when you've got an emotional authority, there is definitely some work to be done around, again, the narratives, the labels, okay, I'm feeling this because the emotional authority has so much wisdom in terms of how we process. It's just, you know, you have an experience, you have an emotional peak, it peters off and that's how it goes and you move through that. And the best way to move through, you know, your emotions when you have an emotional, when you're emotionally defined is to start to lose the labels and just be like, all right, I'm feeling this, I'm going to express it and then it just peters off because the life cycle of emotion based on studies that that have been done in the body the life cycle of an emotion in the body is 90 seconds. Yeah, wow. Right? Now look at kids. I think kids are just prime example. Like the younger kids as well, you look at them. It's how many times we said, you were crying a minute ago and now you're off playing. That is healthy emotional processing. Yeah. Okay? You just had a tantrum, 90 seconds, you're kicking your feet on the ground and now you're like, oh, toy, oh, food, and I'm happy again. That is because kids are so in tune with their body they're like I feel this I'm going to express it and then the body goes through it has the peak and then it drops off and that's what happens when we help when we go through a healthy emotional processing um, period and so kids can teach us so much about that oh Gemma thank you this has been such a fun conversation and a much needed conversation so thank you for coming on today Thank you for having me. It's been, yeah, it's been amazing. And I really appreciate the space to talk about this and the prompts to kind of go deeper into the capacity thing. It's been amazing for me as well to to talk around this and share with this. So if you want to go and connect with Gemma, she's on Facebook and I'll pop all the links in the show notes as well so people can come and find you. Um, But thank you again. And thank you. Chat soon. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you feel even more confident within yourself and that you are one step closer to living and leading as the queen that you are. If you found this valuable, I would love for you to share this podcast with a friend. And please take some time to leave a five-star review as this helps the podcast become visible to more women who need this work. And make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. I absolutely love connecting with you and answering your questions. So please send me a message. Until next time.